Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Christian Reef Podcast. Today's guest is Mr. Jules Sherwood of Porcupine Kiss. He's a good friend of mine, and it's, this has been a long time coming. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Yeah, really good. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Um, it is an absolute honor to be part of your show. So, uh, yeah, really appreciate you. No, you're, you're doing me a massive solid. Uh, we had, a, we had a, a show full through today, and Jules, wonderful Jules, came through and helped us out last minute and to be honest like I said before this has been a long time coming um because we'd spoken about it and I, I honestly I was just waiting on you <laughs> <laughs> I was like you know it's open platform waiting and yeah here we are man um and I, you know I mean we've we've obviously we've become friends originally through meeting on TikTok and then we sort of like just became friends outside of that and everything and you told me some interesting stories over the years uh fucking hell it's been that long um but i i guess i kind of wanted to to deep dive into the band into you and everything in between like i do with everyone um so this is going to feel a bit different but um for everyone listening it'd be a nice insight into you behind the musician behind the man so why don't we just kind of jump into how you originally kind of got into music um okay uh yeah so I, i'm i can tell you parts of this but there's other parts that i won't um okay but um i a long story short music is my antidepressant and at the end of the day um right through i mean i've been doing it i don't even know how long i've been playing um i'd say um about coming up 20 years um and even to this day it's for me it's all about uh my mental health and music is it's the one time in my life that i can switch off and um i can just singularly think of the music and just the music um and it's it's a relief for me um so it started off as um when i was a teenager um i was struggling uh, like a lot of people out there and um yeah i was i was homeless for a while and uh, a friend of mine um literally turned around to me and said look here's a guitar and um you know use it to try and help you use it to try and just give you a distraction to get through and i was a bit like no i can't i can't take a guitar like i'll, I'll break it i'll lose it it's going to get damaged it's going to be living outside and he just said look i really don't if, if it helps you out I, I really don't mind so I used to go into the middle of a field when I couldn't sleep at about, I don't know, 12, 1, 2 in the morning, go into a field so nobody can hear me and I'm not disturbing anyone. Um, and and I used to sit there and I used to just lie down and I just used to twiddle and I just used to try and play chords and notes and go, oh, no, that sounds awful, don't do that. And then, oh, but you know what? If I put my finger on this one, that works. And then that works with that one. And before you know it, over a period of six months, I taught myself how to play in the middle of a field, uh, normally at about one, two in the morning. Wow. And that's how it started for me. And going slightly off topic, um, I think that genuinely helped me sort my life out, get get into housing, got into a full-time job. And I think because it created a positivity in my mental health that allowed me to almost view things differently. So rather than kind of not seeing a way out, I became a bit more, well, what if I try this and what if I try that? And I think that came from having... The guitar and having a friend turn around and and just say just try it um and it was the best thing ever and then from that obviously my life's grown time's gone by um my life's uh improved a lot i've i've got some wonderful children now i've got i'm, a, I, I'm very proud to say that i'm a family man um and all the little things i've always wanted to do are slowly coming true 
uh, with a lot of hard work and dedication and a few swear words, but they're coming true. And uh, I think it does all stem from music and, and from the way in which it is designed into my mental health. Um, so I for people that know me know that I don't particularly sing and singing is not very natural to me. Uh, it is something that I do a lot more of now, but it's only a recent thing in the last couple of years. So for me, music was always my number one and all of my emotions would come out in an instrumental way. So the way in which I wrote the guitar, the way in which I would try and throw my emotions out was was in my playing rather than the majority of musicians, I say, would probably do it with their vocals. Uh, and for me, I'd done it in the instrumental. Um, and then as time goes by, obviously I met up with the guys and um, I, I had an offer for the, like to, I, I had an opportunity to build a band and I just thought, yeah, why not? Um, I started. I started to join up with two guys, and we were going to do an acoustic project. And it was me going from being a bedroom player to being uh, in a band and working with others. And it failed before it started. And every time we went to meet, it never happened. And um, at the time, I was working in a co-op as a supervisor. And there was a guy that used to come in at the end of every shift. Uh, I'd be locking up, and we'd stop and we'd chat for ten minutes. Another musician, and how's your band going? Oh, we haven't rehearsed in months. How's yours? No, we still haven't met up yet. And this went on for most nights for about three weeks. And after about three weeks, four weeks, we both turned around and went, why don't we start our own band? And I said, well, what have you got? And he turned around to me and was like, I've got a drummer that will come with me. <laughs> um, uh, and I turned around and he was like, and I'm a singer. And I was like, well, I can do guitar. Um, I said, and I know someone for bass as well. And I know of somebody that does keyboards, but I don't really know them. Like, um, so we we basically went, let's do it. And we made a load of phone calls. We set a date in a studio and we just went right on this date. Everyone meet up and see what happens. And ever since that day, that was about just under 14 years ago. So just under 14 years ago, we all met up on this day. Uh, we got in a room. And the, the funny thing for me, especially with this band, is that every single band member came from another band. And every other band member's a little bit older than me as well. They're more experienced. They've been in music for longer. They've all got stage. And, you know, and then there's me, the, the, the little guy, uh, shy as anything. And I'm just a bedroom player that's never worked with anyone else. And we got in this studio. Um, and it's where do you start? Where do you start when you you know you throw a bunch of musicians in a room and kind of go hi i only know one of you but how you doing and everyone's in the same boat you know um and so i just kind of turned around and was like well i've got these couple of ideas that i like like play at home see what you think and i've i've played them and before you know it that was it we we they instantly loved it i was more shocked than they were because i'm like i can't believe you actually like it <laughs> like and that was it and the rest is ever since then uh we just gelled and we were doing tuesday and thursday nights we rehearsed um and we've done that for about a year so it took about a year for the band to to really develop and go right it took about after a year it was like right we've got enough material now to go to a venue and, and perform um so yeah our first performance was august 2010 oh, um wow. In, a, in Essex, uh, and it was for um, a pub that was joined onto a post office. So it was like all the post the post office workers, it's where they used to go for a drink. That's and that was mad. First one. <laughs> cool, man. Um, yeah, a bunch of questions for you. Um, 
let's let's stick on the on on the show side of things. So best and worst show. Let's go. <laughs> uh best and worst. Okay. So for me, the funny thing is, for me, is the best show and the worst show were both the same venue. Um and oh, yeah, it was at Chinneries in South End, on South End Seafront. Um, and I've always wanted to play there because I'm a massive fan of a band called Get Cape, Wear Cape, Fly. And that, hey. was their, like, that was their local little hangout before they got famous. Uh, and they were playing there. They were doing a hometown show and I just went, I've got to go see it. Um, and I saw that. And then ever since that, I wanted to play there. So I, t- I threw up a, 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 an email and I was like, yeah, any chance we can play here? And they went, yeah, sure. Like, and they gave us a slot. And it was it was wonderful. We had the crowds absolutely booming. Um, like it was, yeah, it was massive. It, it was it was just a brilliant venue, brilliant people. Uh, a very dark venue with a lot of neon lights and things like that. And uh, yeah, it was wonderful. And then we done it again a year later. And a year later, um, I snapped a string on the second song. Ooh. I had to quickly restring it on stage, and you can imagine the pressure and the build up, and yet. You, you're sweating and you, you just, you know, you're in a panic state and you're desperately trying to get this string on. And I finally got it on and, and the show continues. And lo and behold, one song in, I snapped another string and the second oh. string went. And before you know it, that's like 10 minutes of your set gone in a double string change. And by then my confidence had rocked and I was dying. And, and from there, my confidence and my anxiety were so bad that I didn't yeah. feel like I could grasp the music properly. And we, we got through it. But at the same time, I got to the end of it and was like, nah, that wasn't great. Like, And I think my confidence was so knocked by the double string snap that that, that it threw, threw me off my game completely. Um, so, yeah, that that for me, I would say Chinneries. Uh, I'm pretty sure the band members, they all have, every band member has a different one that is their best and worst. Yeah. Uh, but for me, it was Chinneries for both. When that happens, right, because they always say like that old saying, don't they, yeah, the show must go on. Or like, you know, just get yeah. through the get through the song, get through the song, whatever, right? Did you have to try to sort of just finish the song, then quickly restring? Or like what were you doing in the interim between that? Like you know, was whoever's like on on stage sort of like trying to distract the crowd for a minute, or like what what's the deal? It was pretty much I think the first one I played the song through, uh, but obviously if you snap a string I have balanced bridges, which means yeah. it's straight like they all go out to oh um, oh a floyd floyd rose whatever it's called it, it's that style yeah, yeah. I run Ibanez. uh but yeah the theory is the same if you snap one string it knocks the balance on all of them um so it's not like so i blagged it through and i was holding the root notes like the bass notes only because you don't want to play the whole lot and sound awful you'd rather play the bass and blend in um good idea and it got to the end and restrung it the second time it knocked the guitar so far out of tune and because of the nature of the song itself was very fast and you needed all them strings and I had no, and it was right at the start and I had no choice but to sort of stop. Um, and luckily our front man was like on that mic and he's just keep trying to keep everyone distracted, talking about extra shows. And but you, oh. you always know you can you can tell when he's running out of material and you're like, quick, go faster, go faster. He's <laughs> slowing down as he's talking. And so, there's yeah. only so many times you can be like, "You guys ready? Yeah. Having a good night? Yeah. You excited for the next song? And you're like, Are you done yet? Uh, okay. Who's who's ready? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> We've been there, man. We've been there. I've been there. 
Lord I mean, knows. to be fair, it, it still happens now, but the difference yeah. is, is we've been doing it a long time now, and now we've got the experience that, you know, like it's covered comfortably on stage. Um, if we're doing a long set, I, I, we've normally got like a second guitar in the background right. um, for quick change if we need it. And uh, yeah, you just, with age comes experience, uh, and now we can, it, it don't matter if a string snaps on stuff. We had it the other day. Uh, I, I successfully snapped one on stage and it wasn't a problem because we're, we, we're just joking with the crowd. We've got more yeah. confident with talking on the mics and do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it, we've kind of learned and understood how to get the crowd into almost a conversation rather than talking to them, uh, which obviously allows you more time. Um, and I've got much faster at string changing. So <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, yeah, it's not that bad these days, but obviously back, back when you're kind of new to it, it, it you just hit panic station. Right. Uh, but you know these things happen even to the best of people in the world uh it's not about whether or not it snaps it's about how well you can cover it up Solid <laughs> advice okay so i think i've asked you about this before but what's the story behind the band's name uh so we originally started as a band called apex because we, we when we had our first gig the year after we uh met up uh we booked it and we got to like i think it was about we booked it a month in advance and we got to like seven days before the gig and they turned around and said what's your name we're making the flyers and we went we haven't got a name and they went if you don't have a name you can't play and it was like oh, oh. apex so yeah so we called ourselves <laughs> apex. Um, did, wait, wait when you did that did everyone just turn and look at whoever said that like is that what we're going with that? Okay. Well, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, Apex. 100%. <laughs> Doesn't Apex mean like the best as well? Like, like this. Yeah, yeah. Just the pinnacle top, isn't it? Yeah. Like, like, uh, yeah, which was it. not a good name for us because we were not the pinnacle top when we started out. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so from that, we've done our first gig. We got through it. We've done a couple of gigs on the name Apex. And we were looking for another name. And the problem was, was you can come out with all the most genius names in the world, but you can guarantee there is a band that already have it. Yeah, and to try and get it is untrue. Um, and then um, Dave was uh, our singer. Uh, I, I believe this is right. Our singer, um, uh, he, he gave his wife a kiss, went like coming in from work or whatever. And she's turned around and gone, oh, oh, you're a bit prickly. You need to have a shave. It feels like a porcupine. Um, and I think David kind of just sort of said this passing comment at a rehearsal, uh, and he was just, you know, just as you talk as lads and all that, and the comment came up and straight away, the brain just went, Oh, porcupine kiss. How brilliant is that? And we searched it on Google, uh, and it doesn't exist. There is no porcupine kiss. And it was just like, there it is. There's the golden ticket. But there is a band called porcupine tree. Yes. I got to ask you about this. So, how often do you get asked about porcupine tree? <laughs> yeah, it does. It does come up quite a lot. Um, yeah, and we played a venue in Chelmsford uh, called Hotbox, and um, we got there and suddenly realised that they'd got us wrong on the on the front door, and we were actually written as porcupine tree on the front door. Oh, mad! Um, and that's happened twice now. Uh, but, so, no, yeah. but surely if they would have written that, there must be like a mob. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bigger gig than usual i've got to say yeah. <laughs> they're like hang on porcupine tree look a little bit different don't they <laughs> yeah. in the fountain of youth <laughs> for those for those who don't know porcupine tree is is uh it was like a progressive metal band i guess is probably the best mm. way to put it yeah 
Um, not not like massively, massively known, but fairly well known, I'd say. Yeah. For the most part, yeah. Kind of like a mix between a tool and something a bit more ambient, I suppose. Um, but yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I just wonder because it, it must get really annoying sometimes. Like, obviously, it's a different name, but it's just, yeah. you know, sometimes you can't help stuff like that. Um, like, I remember my very first band this is this is funny um my first proper band was called uh grievances aside and the song came from like an album name from some random band i, f- I found in a compilation thing and i was like, oh that's cool and people used to sometimes make jokes like oh where'd you get that name from like oh like well that's, that's an odd name right and then when the band broke up there were all these memes or not, not memes, like jokes about the fact that Oh, <laughs> I guess they couldn't put their grievances aside then, huh? <laughs> and it was, it was, it was just waiting to happen. It was a great joke. I was, I wasn't even mad at the time. I was like, yeah, that's just funny. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, but you know, the whole names thing is is interesting because I, I used to do the same thing. I think every band still does. Like you Google it, you see if there's any bands that have the same name. But some bands, yeah. like they don't care. Like I remember in the sort of early to mid. 2010s there was this band called young guns who might still be around i don't know they're like just a straight up rock band from the uk and i knew someone who knew them and he this guy had spoken to him and said like oh you're not worried that someone's gonna like sue you like that's such a like you know it's not a unique game like think about how many bands are probably called young guns and apparently like the singer was just like fuck it (laughs) he just like didn't care he's like we're doing well cross that bridge when we come to it I, I guess sometimes it's the whole you know we'll, we'll yeah we'll just we'll meet with the lawyers when we need to kind of thing but it's like you can be you that's the thing you could be operating in your home country for years under that name but then there's mm-hmm. a band that like precedes you maybe a few years earlier but you're like totally different genres or totally different vibes or whatever and it's like how are you supposed to know that some band in fucking Oz started in 03 and you guys started in 2010 and, and like, you know, they're trying to sue you. It's like, what? Come on, man. Yeah, How yeah it's, it's, it's all about being signed. I mean, you, you can have a couple of hundred bands under the same name, but the minute one of them gets signed, that's when that's when you, it's like, okay, you got to rethink the name. Do you think, because uh, can you like still make the, especially how the industry's changed now, like you've got like independent musicians entering the market at all mm-hmm. times. Like, a lot of it from what i understand comes almost down to like copyright if you've got like a claim yeah, yeah you know, like proof that you started operating under this name doesn't matter if you got signed i mean surely yeah because got... i mean like we're, we're unsigned but um all of our music's available on the mainstream and you can find us pretty much anywhere you can think of that that is a what? music Right, well, that's the thing with you guys it'll be like okay when was your say website set up like what year registered Da-da-da-da. like something like that like first mm. like registered usage of this name in a commercial aspect maybe yeah and i mean we're lucky because uh obviously we've come in on the mainstream uh becomes the copyright issue and um you, you can imagine i straight away when i'm like right i'm gonna put my music in these stores how do i do it and then boom the the copyright comes up and you start reading about it and I'm lost in the first paragraph. Like, I mean, I don't understand the technical jargon. I do not understand what they're trying to explain to me. Um, and uh, and funny enough, with music, I find this a lot. The majority of the music industry, is, it, all it is is understanding the terminology and getting it over them big fancy words. And you go, oh, that technical word actually just meant that. Okay, fine. Now I get it. Like, And, and it's just not allowing the, the complication of the way in which it's written to 
overwhelm you. Um, but yeah, so with us, to, in order to put something on the copyright, I go for a music distributor because it's a lot easier. It's a lot simpler. I pay like £19 a year. And for that, I can release as much music as I want under, under my artist name. Uh, and with that means that they have to copyright it because you cannot put something on the mainstream that does not have copyright. By law, it has to be there for protection and for big companies in order to use you and pay you royalty rights. So for me, it's nice and simple. I make a track, I submit it to me distributor. They need 10 days and after 10 days, they've sorted out all my copyrights and you get like a little individual serial code and, and, and it's amazing. And I'm so glad that I didn't have to deal with that myself. So to anyone out there that's looking at releasing your own music or has an interest in um, putting your stuff on the big fancy sites, it is very easy. It is very simple. Um, use a music distributor. If you try and do it yourself, it gets way over complicated. It's a lot of hours and a lot of work. A music distributor, £19 a year. It felt like a risk at the time. And I've done it two years ago and it's the best thing I've ever done. Um, and I literally spend 20 minutes sorting out the uh, like you know putting it on on the distribution website and boom they do everything for you they do absolutely everything they put it out to 45 different stores and and it's done you know so to anyone out there it's very simple it's very easy use a music distributor there's a lot of them out there and they're all reputable uh they're very easy to tell which ones are are good and bad you know like it's there's so much on google these days that uh it kind of does it all for you Thanks for sharing that, man. I appreciate it. Um, so, obviously, you release music with Porcupine Kiss as a band, and you also do your own music. What I'd like to know is, what is your approach to songwriting in both of those instances? Because, obviously, there's always a process um, for every musician, and, obviously, it's different when it's solo versus in a band. So, like, what's your approach in both those circumstances? Uh, for me, the... Um... Yeah, for me, I had to kind of almost simplify it to make it easy, and therefore it's a genre thing. So uh, for me, anything that I do that's kind of rock, hard rock or classic rock um, will always kind of go out of the band first um, and, and go to the, to the guys. And I songwrite for them, but I don't write everything. What I do is I, I create a track on the guitar. Um, I, I'll kind of build my parts, and then I'll bring it to the studio, and I'll be like, right, guys, this is my idea. This is my guitar riff. In my head, this is roughly what I hear and this is what I want to try and get out. And then from that, every individual band member will add their own pace. The drummer will write his drums. And the good thing about us is um, we can all criticise each other. So in the in the writing process, there are times where I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, mate, but I don't like the drums on that. And he'll go, okay, no worries. Give me a minute. What, what do you think of this? And you go, yeah, that's great. And And people do it to me sometimes, even though I come with a premise. I might bring it up and then I hear them do it and I'm like, yeah, this is brilliant, but the guitar's not quite gelling. And then I'll just slightly change the uh, rhythm or I'll change the pattern of which I'm strumming it or whatever. And, and, and then all of a sudden I find that I'm adjusting my bit to suit theirs because I mm. prefer theirs. Um, so although I, I, I bring the idea, we do write it as a group. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I kind of bring the concepts to the table. When it comes to my acoustic, when it comes to my independent stuff, I go acoustic uh, because it's such a dramatic difference between the band that there's no way of clashing the two together. Now we have done acoustics as a band as well. Um, we do actually have uh, an acoustic EP out there. We've got music oh, wow. videos, um, and we we do we have done a lot of acoustics. But to be honest with you, that wasn't really out of choice. 
that was out of situ- circumstance and situation. So with the band acoustics, it was because um, certain band members were had medical issues and they had to have operations. I remember and, this. Yeah, and, and it, yeah it, you know, they'd be knocked out for up to six months. Now, to go without one of your members for that long means you can't be doing your gigs, you can't be doing your... Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and rather than stopping and holding everything, it was so... Because obviously you take six months off, it would take you a month to get back on track. So it, six is actually seven, you know? And uh, instead, what we've done was we went acoustic because it's a, it's not, not easier in the respect of writing, but it's easier in the respect of performance compared to a hard rock band where you're expected to jump it up and down like idiots and headbang and fly that hair everywhere. And, you know, with acoustics, you don't have that. You can relax a bit. And it's so if you're recovering from an op, you can do an acoustic easier than you can do, um, do a rock band. Um, so we did do go acoustic and we did stick with it for quite a while as well. But, for us lot as musicians, um, acoustics felt a bit more like a job, whereas the rock feels more like a passion. Um, and for me personally, acoustics is my main passion because it's how I started. It's it's kind of the roots of where I began. And for me, I feel like um, rock is very good for letting out my kind of aggressive side and my sort of frustrated or pent up side. But acoustics is where the heart lies. So for me, acoustic is where I can really, when I'm playing, I feel like sometimes I can I can physically get my emotions out on the guitar, whether that's by the way I adjust the volume as I play or by the delicacy of the high notes. And and so I, I will try and write acoustically away from the band. I'll try and write it from a very emotional point of view. Um, and, and, and that for me is, is kind of my favourite. But to be honest, I've never really had the confidence to release my independent music um when i'm with the band i've got the guys i've got i've got me i've I've got me group do you know what i mean so i I, like i'm kind of my confidence and myself are kind of supported by the confidence of others and when i'm starting to feel out out of my depth or overwhelmed i have other people that i can kind of talk to and relate to and you know some other band members will step up and go you're right, you look stressed. And I'm like, yeah, I just, um, I'm struggling with this. And they go, no worries, we'll help you out. And, and so you've always got that network and we're a family, you know, we're, we're, we really are a family and uh, we're more than just a bunch of musicians. You know, we're, we're friends, we're, we're there for each other no matter what. And after 13, 14 years, it's, it is family because you have your ups and downs like families. Do you know what I mean? You have your fallouts and then you, you, you're back like nothing happened an hour later. Um, and uh, yeah, when I'm on my own, I struggle with the confidence. So I've always done my independent acoustics, but I've only ever really shown them to friends and stuff. And I've never really put them out to the world until recently. And it's only in the last year and a half, two years um, that that I have actually started to show my independent side a bit more. Um, And as you know, obviously I, I, I very recently actually released my first ever track on the mainstream. That's not Porcupine Kiss. Uh, And I worked with a wonderful musician um, called Moving Michigan and we collaborated together on a like a, an acoustic singer songwriter very relaxed very kind of um almost therapeutic music you know you could sit there and fall asleep to kind of thing um but that's the first time i've ever done that whereas with the band i've been releasing music for for years um so for me there's a big confidence factor in music as well i definitely think you should get that music out there like more more so there's there's and i know many people will agree with me i think got to push through get yeah. through that man and get it out there because it's it's it'll be stuff that people want to hear and i know that 
when you post clips online and stuff, there's people dig it. I dig it. Um, so there's definitely something there for sure. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you before we move on is, you know, you've been in a band for a very long time. You said like about 14 years. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our first performance was uh, 2010. So yeah, 2009 was, was the start of the, the end okay. of 2009 was the start of our band. That That's an incredible amount of time to, to be in the same band and be with the same people and, and make it work. Mm. What kind of advice could you give to bands that are forming or, or maybe bands that might be having some issues or whatever? Like how, how have you guys kind of stuck together and made it work? Uh, brutal honesty, to be honest. Yeah. And I know that sounds silly, but you know, uh, as you can imagine in the early years, there were moments where, um, you know, I, I was at my wits end uh, for whatever reason at someone and, you know, you do have those moments, especially when you're gelling, uh, where you need to learn and understand other people's opinions, other people's perspectives. You can't be too big headed. You can't be you have to be strong and stern. But at the same time, you have to give leeway. And uh, especially for someone like myself who kind of comes up with the original premise and becomes the songwriter. It's very easy for me to be a bit too big headed. It's very easy for me to kind of think, well, this is my kind of thing and, and this is what I want. And actually, as a band, if you're going to do anything with a group or another person, you've got to accept that it's not your music. Uh, so even though I may have started it, that doesn't give me the right to it. Like I, I should allow and expect that people will change my music as we go along for the better and that I need to learn that I'm not always right. Um, and so there's been a lot of times in the early years where we'd, we'd, um, we'd try and gel as a band and things wouldn't quite work or I'd be a bit too big-headed and go, this is the way I want it. And in the year, as the years go forward, we've learned that the best thing to do is just be brutally honest. If you've got any grudge, if you've got anything that you do not like that somebody is doing, you have to tell them, regardless of whether it's going to upset them or not. Being honest is the only way it works because if you even hold back the fact that you don't like an idea in a song, that might seem like nothing at the time. And then months down the line, you're that sick of it because you're playing it regularly uh, that it becomes an issue when it could have been solved in the first place when you're writing it going, can we try something else? And regardless of whether you wrote it or whether you're adding to it, uh, you've always got to be prepared to suddenly change what you're doing and accept the changes. I think it's absolutely brilliant advice. I completely concur. But there is something interesting you've touched on there that I want to explore a little bit. So let's suppose you come in with a very, very clear vision for a particular song mm. and you don't want to change this because to change it would then turn it into something completely different and you're, you're yeah. just very adamant on this particular idea. Would you say then the that kind of an idea has to be saved for a different project, a solo project, or do you think it's still possible to bring that on board? It depends on how you approach the situation. Uh, so with our band, uh, the majority of the time, I have a rough idea and I have a guitar and I've got my riff and I, I show that to the guys and they add their bits. But there's quite a few times where um, a, a band member will turn around to me and go, can't we just change the rhythm slightly like this? And and this is where I'm touching on this because I think, well, no, because I wrote it. Chicka, 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 chicka. And I wanted that chug or... Yeah, you know, and now they're asking me to take that away, and I'm like, "But that's vital for me." And <clears throat> we have had these moments, and um, I would personally say it depends on your character, because at the end of the day, I've had songs like this where there are there are a few songs in the mix that are 
I've come up with it and I've gone, do you know what? I've got something very specific. And I've again, it's all about brutal honesty. You, you bring it to the guys and you say to the guys, look, here's my idea, but I feel very strongly about this one. So let's see if it works. And if you do feel very strongly for it and you find that the musicians you're working with are not giving you the result that you want and you're not prepared to change it, then, then you've just got to go, all right, not to worry. We'll come up with something else. I'll take that and I'll bench it, I'll use it with someone else, or I'll turn it into a private project. Or do you know, You've got to accept that if you want to be stubborn and stern and it's not going to gel, don't expect people to add to it. You have to kind of allow them to change it or withdraw it. Uh, because being a part of a band is being part of a group, and the only way to be in a group is to be an equal player. Do you know what I mean? So if, you, if you're going to be the one that stands there and stands around and says it has to be this way and that's it, then, then that's, that's, that's dictatorship. That's not being a communal group. Uh, and that's, so you've just got to be very self-aware, you know, and, and uh, I've learned very much throughout the years and that the, in order for the band to work, I, I've got to allow anybody and everybody to change my music. And if I do not want them to do that, then it has to be my own private one. And I have got other songs like the Moving Michigan one that I recently released. That was one of them. I was going to put it in the acoustic side of the band and I just felt like it wasn't going to get the justice it deserved because at the end of the day, as as band members, with acoustics not our natural side. Um, okay. So I then benched it, didn't use it for the band whatsoever. And then years later, um, I, I met Moving Michigan and then she had an idea and, and I did rewrite the song. I restructured it. From, from what it was originally to suit her vocal. But I, for some reason, I was just more happier with them changes and I agreed that they worked. Whereas I think if I had taken it to the band, it just wouldn't have worked because it's just not the band's style. Um, so, yeah, it's, you've always just got to be adapted to change, you know? Yeah, and do you know what? Like, I, I can relate to this too. Uh, I've certainly made mistakes on this front in the past. I think your idea about, like, withdrawing, I think is a good idea as well. Like, if it's just not clicking and like you know you, it's button too many heads it's like well, let's just move on to something else like let's yeah. just do something else. like you know what i mean like and i can think of other times as well where like sometimes you gotta be patient with an idea especially if everyone's trying to change it because sometimes the idea can become better than you ever envisioned like so if, you know yeah. rigid, like your initial idea sometimes might not be anywhere near as good as what then transpires later on but you'd mm. only know that by exploring it and and allowing people to kind of chip in and and tweak things and i think i i'll just say like i think it's important to just kind of be patient not not carry an ego with you and just and just let things play out and and see how you will feel about it and you know mm. if it's because a lot of the time especially in a band dynamic if it clicks, everyone feels it. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, that's feeling that. But like, if, if like two or three people are like, mm, then it's like, well, what are we doing here? Like, there's no point arguing over it. Yeah. See, and we've had the exact role reversal as well. Uh, it, and that more recently, actually. So, uh, we've got a release called no strings attached, um, right up until the one we just released. It was our number one song for quite a long while. Um, and this for me was a bit of a shock cause it's the role reversal where, I came to the band with this idea and I was like, this is my idea. And I had this strong imagination on it. Um, and then my singer Dave turned around and he was like, he come up with this concept for the vocals um, that he wanted to use the 
song names of all of our songs and introduce them into the lyrics and then create a theme tune for the Porcupine Kiss. So um, and well, like- I, when he told me this idea, I was a bit like, nah, this ain't going to work, man. Like, I, I don't have that much faith in this idea. But do you know what? He was so happy and felt so strongly about it that I just went, yeah, do you know what? Go for it. And if I don't like it, I'll be honest about it. Uh, and he come back with the lyrics and he played these lyrics and it blew me away. It absolutely blew me away because to me, the idea doesn't work. Like, how are you going to get well, I mean, we've got about 25 songs. Uh, <laughs> on how do you get all them names in there without it just being a jumble? And how on earth are you going to turn that into a theme song? I don't understand. So, so, you know, you put your faith in your musicians and I thought, yeah, do you know what? I've got faith in you. Let's see what happens. And I'm telling you now, the minute I heard these lyrics, it was the best thing ever. And lo and behold, when we released it, it was the one song that got us noticed and it blew us up because the the chorus is like, Porcupine's going to play, feel the rhythm and the bass. And then in the verses, when he's singing the verses, he's using them them song names in, in, in a proper sense. And, and honestly, it's just, it's absolutely brilliant. And it, it's one of the best things I've ever, ever seen. And I was so proud of him to prove me wrong um so and this is what i mean you've always you've always got to adapt in music always got to adapt because if i had been stubborn and i'd been strong about that then that we wouldn't have created this one song that then blew up a little bit and it got us noticed and it got us loads of followers and a little bit of recognition and uh we got radio plays we got a radio interview um we were doing extra gigs from it you know, so this one little song was a massive deal for our band. Um, and it all come from this inspirational idea of my singer just changing the vocals and coming up with this this unique way of writing that we hadn't tried before. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's that was my role reversal where I felt strongly about something. I went, you know what, give it a shot, we'll see what happens. And then, wow, OK, yeah, you proved me wrong. <laughs> and it was, it was amazing. There you go. There you go. Like, I... I, again i can relate to that i think it's it's good to just let these ideas breathe sometimes and just see where it leads you you know Cause sometimes mm. it can be a real a really really fun place to be and that's what it should always be as well it should always be fun that's the key uh i'm gonna move it on and talk about our favorite app tiktok <laughs> so me and jules for people listening many people might not know this if they're not privy to my live streams we have uh, very different takes on on tiktok i mean i will say this i am very grateful for what it gave to me in the form of like my core community and and stuff and it's got tremendous reach you can't deny it um probably the best reach of any app online to be honest because it's very difficult to grow on any of the other apps not impossible they've all got different algorithms and there are it, you can grow on the other apps but the fact that the matter still remains it's the easiest one to pick up traction on and if you put the work in you will get results that's it's just facts however i felt personally over the years that it's kind of become a bit of a, a cash grab it's become a bit um too focused on money and getting money out of creators and encouraging people to just you know plug in and play etc um and and also just like you know the app is a bit of a mess from a kind of like organization perspective just like you know if you're a creator on there or if you're just using it in general it's not got many great safeguards on there and stuff like that but i don't want this to be like a oh let's sit and hate on on tiktok kind of thing because this is 
a conversation between us. It's an introduction to yourself. So really, I suppose the best question I want to kind of ask you is, what have been your kind of like best and worst experiences on TikTok, like both for yourself, for the band, and just everything in between? Um, so, I mean, I, I, for a start, I do agree with you with the money thing. Um, it's very obvious. It's very quickly seen. Um, but at the end of the day, these app, every one of these apps, is all des- they're all designed for the financial gain. And Correct. you've got to look past it and just purely look at what you want from it and how are you going to achieve it. And for us, I can achieve it without putting the money in it and without asking for money either because that's not what we're about so for me i can kind of overlook that a lot more um and just kind of like almost almost blinker myself and and just kind of use those blinkers to kind of really focus in on what i want to achieve out of it uh and kind of dismiss the rest um so tiktok is to be honest the tiktok has been a very massive success to the recent career of our music and it is also been a huge impact on my uh my independent side as well um so you know yeah we've been a band for a long time but nobody's really heard of us we've spent several years doing local gigs and gigging all around essex and london and we've done some comps and you know we've got ourselves in the newspaper and we've done quite a lot of things like that but one thing that we never did do as a band is look at doing things online and and you know doing the whole social thing we did used to advertise facebook but that was about it uh and we've done that for several years and you know so we're only sort of known in a in in a local little hometown and uh it was only when we went on tiktok that all of a sudden uh we felt like for the first time in our our career we were getting true recognition because as you can, I'm, I'm sure you can appreciate that certain countries prefer certain genres, certain styles, certain vocal types and things like that. And the number one thing that we first picked up on TikTok was the amount of recognition that we were getting uh, from America and from Canada and from Germany. And, you know, we were hitting a lot harder in other countries than we were in the UK. And we never had the ability to to do that so all of a sudden we're, we're going out to the world rather than our, our local town and and out of nowhere we were getting messages and comments and uh people directly messaging us about our music and we were getting people download our music and all of a sudden all our streams went from um in the tens to in the hundreds to to now in the thousands and uh it all stemmed from tiktok because of the amount of reach and the fact that we can get our name out there to other countries and you know, there are some genuine, really good people on TikTok. There are some wonderful people that have genuinely become friends. Uh, me and you are proof of that. I met you through TikTok, and and you're you're genuinely one of my friends. You know, like, and uh, that wouldn't have happened. I would not have this um, contact with you if it wasn't for for TikTok. And mm-hmm. um, you know, that I we our latest release. I released a song a few weeks back, and it's been our biggest success we've ever had um with the band and it's we've managed to hit we're i think we're on two and a half weeks in and we've already got forty five thousand plays and that is just on one website and that is absolutely out of this world we've not seen figures like it but the thing is this project was the kind of designed around tiktok because i took an old idea of the band that we kind of abandoned because we didn't feel like it was good enough i then rewrote it into a whole new song 
Um, and again, a bit like the no strings attached that we were talking about earlier, we decided to create this one more like a theme rather than just another song. So we made it a theme on sirens. And um, I'm not talking about like ambulance sirens, <laughs> more, more pirates of the Caribbean style. And so we, we kind of gave ourselves a theme and then we recorded the song. Uh, and then I turned around and I, I asked Moving Mishkin, who I work with independently, and I, I gave it to her and I said, can you hear anything that you might want to add? She come back to me with the most amazing vocal idea. So I was like, yeah, great. So we had our first ever featured artist. Um, uh, and she, honestly, her voice is just absolutely exceptional. And she's genuinely just a very lovely and positive person. Um, and again, I only met her through TikTok because she saw one of my duet videos doing percussive acoustics one day. And she'd never like really seen that much i don't think of the percussion side of guitar um and that's how we first started get talking i i saw her on live one day i look at her live and i'm like oh my god this person's incredible like their vocals are out of this world and then boom before you know it we, we've just released our own independent song called every day and um and now she's in our first featured artist and i thought you know what it's a featured artist that i've met through tiktok and it's incredible so why not do the same with the artwork so I then contacted someone that I got to know called Morgs, who is an absolutely outstanding um, sort of, uh, she, she's a like model and makeup artist. She does a lot of like cosplay. And um, honestly, she'll, you'll go on there and you, you never know what to expect. One day she'll be a full avatar character. Another time she's really gothic and it's all skulls and things. Um, and her artistry uh, and her, uh, the, the makeup designs and that are out of this world. So I spoke to her, we sat on TikTok and we designed the album art of her like for the front cover. And then I ran that through my software, started to add my own touch, kind of gave it a bit of a darker kind of side. Um, and lo and behold, between the pair of us, we've got this wonderful piece of art and I'm very proud of it. It's, it's my best piece of art to date when it comes to album covers. Uh, and there you have it. We've got a featured artist uh, doing the uh, helping us out in the main track as vocals. And we've got a featured artist uh, on the front cover and on the next album. The next one's coming out in about three weeks. I haven't got a set date, but it is coming out in about three to four weeks. And our one and only Christian Reeve is going to be on the front cover. And again, okay. you know, all of this has come through TikTok. And if it wasn't for TikTok, I would not have these connections. I wouldn't have these contacts. Um, we would not have 45,000 plays on the mainstream on a song that we've only just released, you know. Uh, so for us personally, it's been an absolute game changer because we've been able to meet up with the most wonderful other musicians um, that, you know, we've been able to include. And even like with Morgs, she's, she's not a musician, but, you know, she's been such a supporter of our music and now she's on a front cover and the same as yourself. And, you know, to be able to introduce other people into the band and to actually kind of collaborate from both an artistry point of view and from a musical point of view, it's it's outstanding. And it, it's, you know, it makes me feel proud to, that, that people want to want want to be with us and, and, and actually kind of like travel with us on this journey a bit. And, um, you know, it means the world to all of us. And for me personally, uh, I'm someone that suffers with anxiety and depression and, and things. And, it, for me, it, again, it's it's a massive boost to my confidence, you know, like when people around the world are sending me messages like j just to let me know that they appreciate my music. And 
Um, I'm amazed that anyone even cares, let, let alone the fact that we actually now have fans and yeah. and people that are waiting for us to go live every Tuesday night. And do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's outstanding, man. It really is. And uh, I couldn't be any more grateful. Um, but the only thing with TikTok, as I say, is I do have to have blinders on. I do have to kind of focus on what I want from the TikTok app. And, and and kind of ignore the rest because mm. it is very easy to get roped into the the financial side or almost feel obliged to be getting into that side of things because it's kind of where the trend is and so that is the big thing for me is understanding and learning to literally blinker yourself and get what you want out of the app and not to just get sucked in sitting there for hours on end flicking and watching videos and do you know what I mean like I have a very specific idea as to why I'm on that um and i think that's why it works so well for me um but that you would you'd be uh, honestly over the moon at how many musicians are on there that are completely underrated mm, uh i see it all the time <laughs> yeah n never played a gig never done a performance and you look at them and you go you make me feel like a child on my guitar like because these people are so exceptional at what they do um and and that's what I love. Most of them are humble. They're friendly, you know. And don't get me wrong, you get your idiots. But at the end of the day, wherever you go, you always get your percentage of idiots. So you've just got to look past that, focus on the positives, and just keep pushing for those positives. And so for me, it's been a massive game changer for the band, for my independent music, and just genuinely for meeting people and communicating and networking and just, you know, just getting that name out there um and, and that's all we're about we're not about making money we're not about getting famous we just would like to get recognized for the music that we do and and to know that we've made an impression on somebody else um that is worth more than money you know and that's what we're all about really um, i'm happy it's, it's worked out for you man and it's it's going well um i i will add as well like i'm very grateful for this little small community i've managed to get on there and how i've sort of brought them over with me to things like the podcast and Twitch, Patreon and stuff. So I'm very, I'm very grateful for that element to it. I think a lot of my sort of aggravation with TikTok is not so much about what it can do for you because it can do a lot for you. And it's, it's certainly helped me in many ways. And I am grateful. It's more to do with like how they treat you sometimes. Like I've been banned on there for no reason, stuff like that. I've, um, I yeah, just had like a lot of aggravation on there and trolls and everything. And it's, it's sometimes that can kind of be quite frustrating. Um, yeah. But I think your approach is quite sensible, like having your blinders on, not letting it get to you and just focusing on your goals. And then that's a better way of approaching it in general, to be honest. Yeah. And to be fair, the only reason I feel so strongly about the statement I made there was because I did let it affect me. I mm. started, uh, for the first time ever, I stepped away from the rock band and I started going on karaoke nights. And even yeah. with yourselves, like me and you, uh, we used to split the screen in half, go live, and we used to take it in turns to do songs. And yeah. I was doing a lot of that, and it was all for me about personal growth and personal confidence and trying to learn to sing better because singing for me was kind of like my weak point. It still is my my weakest point of music is my vocals. So for me, that's kind of the biggest thing I try and focus on now. So I use the app to boost that, doing joining the karaoke nights and, and things. And with that came trolls. And with that come some very nasty comments. And because one troll got, got blocked by one mod, 
uh, because they made a comment to me, all of a sudden I had an army of these trolls. Like every time I went live, people would say, oh, it's Jules, come live, come perform. And I'm like, no, I can't. Because the minute I come on your live, that's it. It's, I'm going to get flooded within minutes of, of of these people with multiple accounts. And, they're, they're, you know, I didn't want to impact the people that I'm trying to be positive with, with, mm-hmm. with something that's chasing me negatively. Now that hit my confidence that made me feel awful it made me even consider not doing it anymore on the old tiktok because it hit my self-esteem so bad um so you know i've been there and and then i spoke to i'm not going to mention the name but I, I spoke to one of my friends on tiktok and he said why don't you come live you haven't come live for a while and performed for me i said and i explained to him why and he turned around and said right that's it we're going to get seven people in those boxes we're going to mod every single person in them boxes you come live and every single person that comes through, we'll have them. And we'll have them on multiple accounts. And we'll use the fact that there's multiple accounts. Like, you know, because that will big red flag to TikTok that this person, you know, is a troll. Because it's not one person reporting them, it's seven. So uh, I joined the live. I jumped in. I sat and just chatted and performed. And they done it all for me. And ever since that day, I've never had any troubles with these people. Um but from that point, it made me realize that this is what I need to do. And this is why I need blinkers. This is why I need to stop, sit back and not say I'm going to give up because they've knocked my confidence. Mm. Because Don't let them win. Don't let them do that. Instead, what I did was I took a week's break to think about that, just to switch off. And then after a week, I thought about it and went, right, I need to know why am I on this app? What am I trying to achieve by going live? And is it worth it? And so I seriously sat and asked myself them questions. And that's when I kind of had this plan and went, okay, well, I'm on here for this. These are the people I want to try and meet. The reason I go live is this. So now I specifically go live for very specific reasons. And uh, I have my blinkers on and I ignore the rest of everyone else in the world and just focus on what I need to get out of that app. Um, And ever since I've done that, it's been wonderful. I've made more connections, more people, done more collaborations um you know and and now i've I've kind of never looked back and i find tiktok to be incredibly positive but you've just got to not get too sucked into the negative side of it you know you've got to have your blinkers on and you've just got to you got to overlook it sometimes because you got to remember wherever there's loads of positive there's always going to be a a little run of negative and you just got to make sure that the positive's always sitting on top you know yeah, i couldn't agree more a couple of final questions for you, completely unrelated to what we've spoken about today. What's the biggest mistake you've made that you learned a valuable life lesson from? Um, that's a good question. That's a very good question. <laughs> um, with regards to music, I would say um, learning to not be too big-headed and learn to accept that criticism is positive and criticism is is something that you should learn from, not something that you should take offence by. And the reason that I say that is I have had previous experiences with old members um, where me and other band members have just not got on. And we've got into, we've, we've had points with previous, but say four out of five of us are original and one out of five of us has been replaced five times. Um, so our, our uh-huh. base sort of player we're, is we're now on number five. Uh, but everybody else is original. Uh, so for us, it's always a base player thing. Um, and uh, don't get me wrong, I get on with them now. But yeah, as I say, I'd, it's it's too easy to be too pig-headed about yourself sometimes and be too, do you know what I mean? Like you've got to, 
the the more that I accept people's criticism as as constructive and kind of read into what they're trying to tell me. Don't take it offensively. The amount of times I've taken offence by what a band member's said, and uh, now that I'm a bit older and wiser, I look back and go, do you know what? I could have taken a constructive right. positive out of that, and I could have used that to get better and adapt. Instead, I took it like an insult uh, and got my back up, and then I went defensive, and then they're more defensive, and then and then it's just a, it's just a snowball effect, you know? So, uh, yeah, for me, when it comes to music, it's... Um, yeah, be open-minded at all times. And if someone is being negative to you, make sure that there's not a positive you can take out of that. Because people giving you criticism half the time, they're probably just trying to help. Uh, just that they may not know how to say it. So when they say it, it, come, it, it, it comes out like they're having a dig or it comes out like they're being highly opinionated. And actually, if you read between the lines, they're just trying to voice an opinion and they might not know how to do that more respectably. Do you know what I mean? Like... Uh, it's too easy to get your back up because at the end of the day, music is very emotional. Music's kind of designed and created and, and wrapped around emotion, certainly for me. Um, and anything that has a very strong take and sense of emotion always comes with a very strong opinion. And as you know, if you love something, then you cherish it. You know what I mean? And you won't let anything stop that. And so, yeah, fe feelings and emotions in music are just as important as the music itself and you've got to find the balance of both you know couldn't agree more what's the best advice you've ever received never stop and stop doubting yourself honestly they're the two things that i've been told and stop doubting yourself that i mean i am my own worst enemy the amount of people that have said to me like you know you you need to, you need to do your independent music more you need to you know, like, don't be worried about your music. It's great. It's good. And I sit and I think, do you know what? I don't think it's good enough. And I feel like there's thousands of people out there that are better than me. Um, and, you know, don't let anything stop you. Because, the um, like, again, the community of people that I've met through TikTok are the ones that make me realize, don't doubt yourself. Just do it. Because other people might see something in your music and you might touch people's hearts in a way that you didn't even expect. You don't know until you pull it out there. And uh, at the end of the day, I don't know a single musician that doesn't doubt themselves because we all do it, you know. Uh, doubting yourself is not a problem. Allowing yourself to not do something because you're doubting it too much is a problem, you know. So, And it's the same. It doesn't have to be music, does it? At the end of the day, uh, it's a life lesson in music and in life. Stop doubting yourself. Be more confident. It's okay to get things wrong as long as you learn from it. What's the biggest life lesson you've learned so far? Um, if you ever have kids, you're never going to be rich. <laughs> there you go. Don't have kids, guys. <laughs> Just kidding. No, no, well, no I love the thing. Never change it for the world. But I'll tell you what, I'm never going to be rich. That's for a fact. <laughs> don't know how to follow that up there um, <laughs> okay do you have any upcoming projects or some final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners yeah so um we've got a brand new one out at the minute it's just released called sirens please check it out because it, it is it's got a featured artist and as i said earlier like we've we've got other people from tiktok on this and they're all wonderful people 
Um, we will have a brand new single out in about three to four weeks. We're just waiting on confirmation on the dead date. Um, but three to four weeks, we will have another one called Road of Dreams. And your uh, one and only Christian Reeve shall be appearing directly on that front cover. And he is uh, the fine gentleman that will uh, will be advertising the face of our music. Um, we are we'll sell millions, that face. It will sell us millions. <laughs> I <hope> so. <laughs> um, and we're always on TikTok on the Tuesday night. Uh, we've just pushed the time back to 9 p.m. UK time. Um, so if you want to check us out, you want to come say hello, we always stop and have a chat between songs and we're always up for a laugh. We have people come in the boxes for discussions and stuff. So, you know, if, if anyone's interested, anyone wants to come live, or you just want to sit in the background and you just want to listen and watch me make a complete and utter idiot of myself, then Tuesday night is the place to be. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jules. Thank you so much for appearing on the show. It's great to have finally had you on the show. And, to, and yeah, to celebrate you, man. And, yeah, just thank you for everything. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate your time, man. You've you've been an absolute legend from the minute I've met you. Um, and I have seen you grow in so many ways in the last what year and a half or so. And honestly, you've you've, you've really grown, you've expanded, and um, yeah, just never doubt yourself, man. Like never doubt yourself. I appreciate you, buddy. And to to all the listeners of the Christian Reeve podcast, make sure to go check out Porcupine Kiss. Go listen to them go out of your way to check out jules's solo music it's fantastic it's got my seal of approval uh for everyone else make sure to check out the patreon as well you can support the show support me support everything else and you get access to life with christian reeve my other show my my show where it's just me so you know if you want to hear more of me i don't know why you'd want to but if you do <laughs> that's the show for you <laughs> link to the discord link to everything you possibly need in the description Thank you so much for listening. Be safe, be well, and I'll see you in the next one.